Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor of Variety. Today, my guest in New York is Sean Cassidy, president of marketing and public relations firm DKC. Cassidy has been in the business of representing celebrities, newsmakers, and corporations since the early 1990s. In our wide-ranging conversation, he offers insights into how social media has changed the media game for PR professionals and their clients, as well as journalists. Sean Cassidy, president of DKC, a public relations and marketing firm. Thank you so much for doing this today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So, you know, obviously this is an incredibly fraught time in the world of any kind of media, free media, traditional news media, social media. DKC has been known for as a company that was was very much ahead of the curve in terms of working with clients and generating, you know, significant real headlines around newsy projects. And that, I think, is a credit to the kind of people that you have worked with. How has that process of working with clients who are already in the news and and you know getting your message across in news coverage how has that changed in a world where news travels around the world in a nanosecond and everybody in some form with their phone and their social media can be a reporter how is that how has your work in this area changed well tony it's it's changed uh, but it hasn't um and I'll, I'll tell you how it hasn't is that the, is the, the premium on news i mean if you're a public relations professional in today's era, you need to be thinking of yourself as a news person all the time. And then that may seem obvious to you as somebody in the news, but but there was always this continuum sort of between um, marketing and, and, and editorial. And I think for many years, PR firms were very proficient at, be, at, at, at uh, marketing on behalf of their clients, but they weren't necessarily great at coming up with the news side of it and figuring out a way to um, you know, make a story attractive to the press. And right now, I would argue that's more important than ever for, for a variety of reasons. One, um, the press matters. Uh, no matter what anybody tells you about the influence of media in today's market, your readers, the readers of Variety, are looking to you for direction. So, 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 what you say about a business you cover or an individual you cover matters greatly. I love hearing you say that. No, 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 no and I'm not just trying to be a nice guy. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's true. Um, however, at the same time, there are, and this is where it's, this is where it has changed, is that there are so many more channels by which to communicate, and right. and certain sectors you see it in beauty and fashion, absolutely positively with celebrities. There, there, there are channels now which which matter, but in some cases almost as much as the press. And I say I, I still believe that that third party opinion by um, by by a reporter by a media outlet is extremely influential. But brands, individuals can speak to their audiences directly right now. And again, there too, the ability to create newsworthy content matters because if it's newsworthy, it's relevant. If it's newsworthy, it's interesting. And if it's newsworthy, it gets shared. And so the the idea that you, that you can just sort of put content out that's really advertorial via social media, that I, I believe that's wrong. So I think there's still a, 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 a tremendous need for editorial judgment uh, uh, on the public relations side. Uh, there's a tremendous need for it now. And I guess what, what has evolved is this just, there are just so many different channels by which to communicate. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, publicists have been putting out press releases for decades. How is how is the trajectory of the news cycle different when you have a client who has, you know, millions of followers on Instagram? And as we've seen now more and more, you have a celebrity that can break significant news about themselves on their own channel. And then, you know, do you sit there with the stopwatch and wait for the first reporter calls to come in if somebody announces a big movie or a, or a music tour or some kind of partnership or something? Um, it's funny. It cuts both ways. So, so one, absolutely positively, the cycle is faster now than ever. <laughs> you know, news, and it's very interesting because news as a result of social media can blow up and get white hot really fast, but also flame out very quickly. So the, 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 the duration of a story can, depending on, on how it migrates from one from social to earn to, to what we call earned media now, to, to traditional media, sure. um, depending on how that, that, that goes, you know, a story can burn, burn out very quickly or it can last, you know, last a very long time. Here, here's what, what has happened. Um, and, I, and I think ultimately this is uh, the advice I give to people in the public relations business and to anybody who works with public relations executives is the following. Um, there is a belief now, and it's, and it's frankly, it's, 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 there's evidence to support this. It, when you have have cl- clients who have social media followings that are many, many, many millions, um, those individuals can communicate directly with their with their with their fans. Uh, you know, they they can do that, um, and that that gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can say and cannot say, because again, you're going directly to your directly to your fan base. What I believe has happened, and I think this is a bad thing, I think it's a bad thing for, frankly, for, for, um, for the client, is that you have a belief now that you don't have to deal with the press. You don't have to have relationships with the media anymore. And I don't believe that to be the case. I think that's wrong. Um, and and I, can, I can elaborate on that, but just suffice to say, you know, the, the, um, the third-party validation um, or lack thereof from the press is very significant because, remember, you know, an article in Variety can be shared across social media and you have a global footprint, you know, hit a global footprint very quickly. Right. And, but is there something um, in terms of, like, especially for the sort of the, the fan base, mm-hmm. is there, there's a level of authenticity if they're reading it on somebody's Instagram Absolutely. account versus... Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's right. I think that, that, um, that not just a level of authenticity, um, for many fans, their, their, their primary interaction with the artist uh, is, is via, the, the, via social media. Um, I think where we're not dealing with the press becomes a problem is when the say a story starts to spin out negatively and then that gets repurposed through social channels that the fans see. So so the idea that you can, you know, you absolutely positively, you know, you, you have plenty of options right now as well as dealing directly with the fan base. But I, I guess the point I'm making is you just you just can't ignore the traditional media. It's a, that's a mistake and, and not something I, I, I allow to go on here. Well, I think I want to ask you a little bit more about ac- the traditional access to mm-hmm. celebrities because that is definitely I can personally I know mm-hmm. is changing. I can feel it in my own career, not and not just celebrities, but executives. I mean, people just feel so much behind a, behind a wall. But I want to ask you first, particularly with social. 
How much do you have people, if you have a high-profile client and you know things are going to be going on and you know they're going to be generating headlines, do you have like people dedicated to just watching how it's playing out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook? Do you care on the, on that granular of a level? Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I you know it's um, uh, so the answer is, the first question is yes. Uh, we have people here. And that, that's what they do. They're, they're, and it's not just, just a specialized digital team. A- anybody who's working on an account um, has to be paying attention to how that client is being covered in social media. Because it, it's, it's uh, on one hand, it, it, it can be, you know, social media can be very tricky business. On the other hand, it, it, it gives you a heads up of, of stuff that's bubbling up early on. Right. Um, and so, 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 so to answer your question, yes, we do. Um, in terms of in terms of um, how we handle it, it, it's it's tricky because you know there's a there's a bit of a delta you cross. Um, you know, you can see something bubbling up in social media, and typically we'll watch it um, because if it's something that's completely ridiculous, uh, you know, we'll be prepared for how to deal with it. Um, but sometimes it just fizzles out if it looks like it's taking off potentially, and this is where it becomes it becomes an issue is where it makes the jump over to the traditional media side. So, say your publication, for example, picks something up that's that's in social media, then now it's real. Um, so you want to make sure you're prepared for that, and the only way to be prepared for it is to constantly be watching, right? And and looking, you know, deep in the deep in the comments because it's kind of shocking to me how much, as you said, like like things that start that sound ridiculous or or even now there's so much back and forth with the this person said this on twitter and this person responded and and all of that and and sometimes it's it just it becomes so much noise and you your news judgment can be completely skewed but other times it you know it, right or wrong it does steamroll and i would imagine that that is a that's a there's a vigilance there that you didn't have to deal with in, in 10 years ago absolutely but it also comes back to your earlier question about news um, you know, the, the role of the public relations executive as somebody who understands news cycles. Right. And when you have to think a little bit like an editor, when you're watching something, something bubble up, it's sort of like, you know, a, a city editor at a, at a, at a, a local newspaper. You know, they'll, they'll sit and they'll listen to the police and fire department scanners. And they'll have a pretty good sense of, okay, that looks like that's becoming something maybe we want to start somebody out to cover. Or, you know what, it looks like they're going to put it out pretty quickly. It's like that's – it's the same thing. It's the same judgment you're using in social media. Okay, that looks like something that could actually blow up and we have to be ready to deal with this. And, and you know what, and we don't want to do something that makes it bigger, so we have to watch it. But at the same time, you know what, uh, sometimes it's just, you know what, it's 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 so ridiculous mm-hmm. that you just sort of watch it, let it – you know, you'll see if it flames out on its own. So it's – so that, to, 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 your, to your point – it is about constant vigilance and and exercising news judgment as it relates to how to deal with uh, you know what's going on in social media. Do you find do you for your, for individual clients? Um, do you find that you have to coach people, or part of the job of representing them in a PR sense is helping a person have a have a strong voice in social media? Yes, um, but I think individuals and brands, I'd say the same thing. Um, it just has to be authentic. Um, and, and I think the, the, the easy part and the hard part is, is, is that, is that, you know, if you're working with it with an, indi- an individual, it, it, very similar to working with a company, you have to understand what does that person believe? Um, you know, what, what, what is that person's voice? What is that brand's voice? You know, what is it that's, that's, what is it that makes that airline special? 
you know and if you can if you can if you can decipher that or you can, so you can focus on that then what's said on social media becomes largely derivative of that voice. Um, where I think social, where you get into trouble in social media is you have no voice mm-hmm. and you start going all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and what's interesting about um, what the you know with artists with brands you know they, again, they're they're shockingly similar. Overexposure is is a bad thing, and you become overexposed when you're out there all the time, and you and 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 you're all over the place in terms of what it is you stand for. Um, it just becomes noise at that point. Mm-hmm. And what you have in, in what, what you know the, the reality of the environment we're in today is that social media can be the express train to overexposure. So mm. understanding yeah. that voice and and making sure it's authentic is critical um, to being su- successful and in, in, uh, in successful um, as well as social media. And I want to return to that because I think to your point about um, you know particularly celebrities, individual mm-hmm. stars that are. Um, I certainly sense it that there's a wariness about press and 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 certainly for the all the dynamics we've just been discussing one quote can be you know potentially even taken out of context can travel around the world oh my god can you believe he or she said that and um is there do you sense is it do you have to convince clients sometimes to do like if if you're going to do a a major story that requires a reporter tagging along with the person for a day or two like is that a harder sell to some people nowadays I think I think there's definitely a, a a greater trepidation now than there was before, and um, and I, I sort of I sort of break that question into two parts. One, I mean, the notion of celebrities, uh, artists being protected, I, I don't think that's new. Uh, I mean, that goes all the way back to you know the you know when when studios used to create fake relationships between couples. You know, it's like that. Right. Like, I mean, that that the the um, or paper over the problem that happened that weekend yeah. in Mexico or whatever. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that the idea that um, that images, uh, celebrity images, are very carefully manicured. Um, I, I don't think that's super new, and I, th- I think there's always been a a level of protection of, of the artist that has that has existed for for many 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 years. Um, I think what what you're seeing in today's environment is where it's changed is that you have a um, there's a bit of a clickbait not bit of there is a clickbait culture and so so one of the things you have to be careful with is you know if you have a have a five thousand word story uh, about you know somebody's you. 50 years in the entertainment industry and there's one little personal revelation in there um, that can potentially overshadow the entire the the entire focus of the piece which is somebody who who changed an industry you know you have to hope that an editor is not going to pull that out and make that the focus of the of the social media push but in an environment that is very clickbait driven that's always a concern um, you know, and that—that's that. You know, the, the salaciousness, uh, tabloidism. I mean, that—that that is that. I've been doing this almost thirty years now. That's always existed, but that notion that you want to get as many clicks as possible. I think there's just an automatic temptation to try to pull out that which is going to uh, to to create controversy or 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 salacious interest or what have you. So so yes, I think you have to be nervous about it. But I'm a big believer um, that it's very important, certainly for public relations executives, 
to have relationships with the media with whom they work, uh, I think is really important. And by extension, I think there has to be a bridge with with the client there. I think that I think to just do do nothing and communicate entirely through social media. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a believer in that. I think that that um, you, that some degree of access is 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 a worthwhile long term investment as long as it's strategic. There is definitely a you know. There's definitely going to come a time in the most glittering career mm-hmm. where you're going to want to have that, where you're going to want to have those relationships. No doubt. Yeah. How do you deal with? I, I often think about you know. In, for, for me, in the course of my reporting career, it has definitely become, it was, it's never a nine to five business, but it's definitely become a 24 seven business. Thank you, internet. But, um, how do you all deal? It's, it's also much more of a global business. And how do you, I would imagine when you have a big client and some big news is breaking, you, your people probably get 500 calls from reporters, you know, around the world. How have you guys dealt with just the sheer, expansion of the of the number of platforms and outlets that that call themselves journalists sure well that that's where um where social media is is your friend and your enemy (laughs) um i mean you know obviously because of social media and because of the, the proliferation of news of news platforms globally um, you know, you will literally get 500 phone calls in a day. Um, where social media is your friend is you have a means by which to put out authentic communication pretty quickly. Mm, yeah. Now, uh, does that mean we, we don't eventually get back to many of the 500? <laughs> yes, but, but look, you have to live in reality here. You have to Very often, if something's breaking, you do have to get it out quickly. And that is where social media can be very effective. Uh, you know, get it out to it. And we, we, you know, we, 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 we've certainly had this situation with stories where you guys have been have been a- a- aggressively looking for information, you'll usually social first, and then we will look to uh, put together a. Depending on what it is, you know, it depends. Yeah. Like you, you know, for example, like we do a lot of crisis management here. Um, you know, and and when when you're representing clients that are involved in a litigation, uh, are involved in anything anything that involves attorneys. The PR firm is typically is at the table, but the ultimate decision maker is going to be uh, be an attorney. Uh, and so sometimes you can't say as much as you'd like to right away, so you because you know because that could ultimately have an impact uh, on, on a case. Uh, so there'll be a little bit of a. Um, of a playbook will follow and sometimes all you can do is put something out via social media and then eventually you know as things progress you can you know you can be a little more open in terms of what you can say later but um as a general rule when we have been in that so we're in that situation quite frequently where you're getting 500 phone calls mm-hmm. um you know at two in the morning um <laughs> you generally want to get something out pretty quickly just just to keep the cycle at bay and then, uh, and then you can figure out sort of what the next step is uh, once once you get all the information you need. Because sometimes, sometimes, you know, no matter how no matter how diligent you are in terms of monitoring social media, you know, stuff can happen very quickly, and, and you have to you have to react very fast. And the worst thing is, is when something from an official channel or official PR turns out to be not quite right. Correct. That that really makes reporters Absolutely. cranky. Cranky, and and it goes back to to that um, credibility that, that point we were making yeah. earlier about being authentic. Is that it's that if you're disingenuous in terms of what you say, or or in an effort, frankly, you know, to do the right thing and just and just just answer a question quickly, and you don't have all the facts, 
it can be, and, and that's where you have to have a very level head in this business. Uh, you, you know, it, this is not an industry for people who panic. Uh, <laughs> Because you know you have to be able to take a deep breath and and think about the consequences of everything you do and everything you say, you know not just one minute from now but twenty four hours from now, a year from now. What are some of the biggest misconceptions about how the news media works that you find when you're working with clients? Uh, I'd say it's two things: one that uh, that relationships don't matter. Um, I think it's extremely important for anybody who deals with the media to have a relationship with uh, to have relationships with the individuals who are who who are working in the media um i think to to you know I, I deal with this a lot with major corporations that think they can exist entirely by feeding statements to reporters um i don't think that's a real relationship um i i, I don't think it's effective i just i, I don't believe in it the second thing is, look, your role is to get at the truth. Um, you know, a, 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 if we're doing our jobs, yeah, right? If you're doing a job, a reporter or a producer, look, you want to get at the truth. Um, and that doesn't mean that the reporter, the producer, whomever, is out to get the client. And, you know, for so many years, one of the things I found, particularly with major corporations, is, and this goes back before the year of social media, is that... The press was something that wasn't easily controlled. So if you had a, these companies, if they had a really big budget uh, and, really, and a really big footprint um, through advertising, they could just communicate with their customers that way. And, and just really react to the press when they got a call and maybe issue a statement, this and that. And then what happened is, then all of a sudden, you'd have a reporter digging into something and asking tough questions. and. And these companies were so uncomfortable that often little issues seemed like really big issues because they were so elusive when it came to dealing with the press. So I'm a believer that you have to be very proactive and you have to maintain relationships. You know, you know, you, know, you should, should have a cup of coffee with that reporter who's covering you. You, you just should. You should have that relationship. And so I, I think that to answer your question very succinctly, one of the misperceptions is that is that that the, the the press is the enemy and you can't you can't you you shouldn't deal with them because they are out to get you. I, I don't believe in that. I think the press is there to get at the truth, and as long as you're comfortable telling the truth, you know what? There's there's no issue. I couldn't agree more with that message, Sean. You've been at DKC since 1992. You worked your way up to partner and president. What is it that brought you into PR, and what has kept you here at DKC so long? Well, I, I really fell into the public relations business. Um, I graduated in 1990 uh, with a degree in American history from Tufts University, and um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, and I was one of those one of those kids who graduated. And probably a slow. It was, it was a relatively slow economy. Um, I did not have a job when I graduated, and I I, I did. What people did back then when they were looking for a job is I, I set out resumes and answered ads in the New York Times. <laughs> and um, about after about eight to twelve weeks of looking, uh, I ended up with two job offers. One was to edit pharmaceutical textbooks for a Swiss company, and the other was to work in a small public relations agency um, in Midtown Manhattan. And I, I, I opted for for that. Um, 
And what was interesting about it was uh, I I had grown up in a family you know, that was not in the news business, but my family my family loved news. Uh, my mother read the Daily News. My father read the New York Times, <laughs> and um, and I it was just something I paid very close attention to. So it was a fairly logical. It was a skill set that I, I I took to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I had worked at a this I had worked at a small agency for about a year and a half, um, primarily doing real estate clients. And then a friend of mine had gone to work for for Dan Clores, and and he he called me, and he had just started the business. It was only six months old at the time, and and he'd had built up an extraordinary reputation, and and the firm that he had been with had an extraordinary reputation. So I I said, look, I'll, I'll give this a try. Um, if I hate it, you know, I can always maybe be a lawyer or something like that. Um, and I, well, I, I liked it. So, you know, 28 years later. Uh, and what's what's kept me in the business is, is the following. The um, the pace of it, the mix of work. Um, you know, we, we represent everybody from airlines to high-profile celebrities to health systems to sports franchises to apparel manufacturers to beauty fashion companies we, we have this, this growing analytics business right now we have an experiential practice so we do in addition to product design and events and influencer work so so no two days in this business and certainly at this company for me has ever been the same so while 28 minutes in this business now seems like a long time you know, 28 years has gone by pretty quickly because it's um, it's just been an extraordinarily diverse um, experience. Well, I can honestly say that you you're, you and your folks have always been among the most professional and the smartest people in this business oh, to deal with. Well, that's very nice to hear. Thank that's you. high praise from a reporter. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for your time, Sean. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. 